Hey, do you love comedy and filmmaking? The Harold Ramis Film School's year-long program at the Second City is for you. Visit RamisFilmSchool.com for more info. Hello, my name is Count Carlos Ross. I love blurry photos. I love the beeps. I love the monsters. Thanks for the great kid show. And now, David David. Hey everybody, I'm David Flora. I'm David Stacco. You can call me Dave. Welcome to Blurry Photos, yes. and thank you so much for the intro from Count Colin Lestrade. He's terrifying, but there's two things that are important. One, he loves the motherfucking beeps. <laughs> two, and two, we make a great kids show. That's right. <laughs> this is the best fucking kicking, blasting kids show you can find on iTunes or Stitcher. Now on Google Play. <laughs> and Nickelodeon. <laughs> uh, the, no, that's that's seriously awesome, though. Thank you, Count Colin, for yeah. giving us that uh, intro. Uh, also, uh, guess what? You took a little work off our plates from yeah. doing that, and we thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, and I, as a matter of fact, uh, Count Colin Estrade did such a good job that uh, we got a little nervous about it. So from here on out, we'll just be doing our own intros. Don't. Don't send an intro in, because we're, <laughs> we're not. We got too close to the flame there. It was next thing you know, now it's Blurry Photos featuring Count Colin. Then it's called Lestrade Photos, and now Flora and I are homeless. So that's, <laughs> that's, how, that's how it happens. Happen. That's how it happens. He'll the kids take got over. talent. The kids got talent. And there's nothing that scares me more than genuinely talented people. <laughs> That's right. He's getting a very early start on on this, yeah. and uh, yeah, you you have to be careful with those prodigies. That's right. Thanks again, uh, uh, Count Colin and James the Skeptical Loki. Yeah, we really appreciate that and appreciate you listening. Yeah. Uh, Dave, how's it going? It's going great. Iowa's awesome. Uh, just uh, went to my first Iowa Hawkeye football game. Ton of fun. Did a lot of uh, drinking. A lot of tailgating. Played a great game called Wizard Staff, where you just duct tape your new beer onto your old beer, and over the course of an afternoon, you get yourself a pretty mighty Wizard Staff. <laughs> what a what a what a great and f- just just brainless game <laughs> it is. It is both of those things, and it's the only way I'm rolling from here on out. So so do you you get to say something like I'm a level 5 withered burp. <laughs> I think I think you know here's the thing it's level it's a, 5 deep. It's a funnel it's a it's a fun game and I enjoyed it and I wanted to do all that stuff but I understood that there's only so far you can push wizard wizard staff at a Iowa Hawkeye tailgate like the fact that people were doing it wasn't my idea even just the fact that people were playing it I had to be content with cuz I was like all right well I guess I'll go with the uh, I'll go with Radagast. That's who I'm going to be. And then, uh, honestly, a person just <laughs> stared at me. And I was like, oh, okay. So we're, there's, not, there's, not, there's a limit. That kind of, there's a limit. Kind of- <laughs> <laughs> Should I just go over? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
but no, it was it was a great time. It was a ton of fun. We actually, Flora was nice enough. We postponed uh, recording by a day because my voice was destroyed by screaming at strangers. <laughs> That's how you know you've had fun. <laughs> Flora, what have you been up to? Uh, nothing. <laughs> so this uh, <laughs> no, yeah, just just dealing with life. Life has dealt some uh, um, uh, shitty cards lately, and uh, we're you know trying to get through it and, and also preparing for the wedding. Just, yeah. That's what happens. I think it's a rite of passage. Yeah, that's true. I don't think, I don't think anyone enjoys the planning of a wedding. No, it's fine. We're, we're doing fine with it. I think we're coming down to the end. We're just de- like designing the program and yeah. making sure that we have a place for the rehearsal dinner and, and, you know, making sure that we've got uh, places for people to stay and stuff. So, right. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Uh, and then a couple weeks after that, I think it's two weeks after that is the Milwaukee Paracon. So we've got a couple of weeks to switch our attention to, to yeah. Milwaukee full time. It's going to be a wild and woolly fall. I'm into it. I'm a little uh, anxious about it. I, I don't know about you. It, it just because I don't think it's doubled this year. I think it has tripled in oh, size. Yeah. No, if T, not more. T has done a great job of really really uh first of all last year was such a huge success there's so much enthusiasm this year he's a yeah. if anything he's a victim of his own success i mean he it's great for him for us i think we're gonna get lost in the sea of, of coolness that's that's out there <laughs> we also get uh i think about an hour to do our stuff we we mm-hmm. get a um a, a mini staged and we get to get up there and and do a little live thing and I, I have no clue what to do for it. What? Like how to, it, it's 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 like marketing, you know. We get up there, we do our ourselves, and and try and get people to be like, you know what? I want to listen to more of these two jackasses. How is that going to work? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll work. I think I think people are going to be soups into it. If only we had a projector, because I I think the key to live shows is having funny pictures. <laughs> funny pictures. Funny pictures, the funny pages up well, there. So. You know what? If nothing else, we'll just uh, just just kick up shit with the, uh, the 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 VFRO. Yeah, that's it. That's them. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, we're looking forward to it. Hope you guys can make it out there. Don't what forget could to very well be our that. last Milwaukee Paracon. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> we are escorted I, out by security. If if we get kicked out of that, I I will make a badge to put on our about page. <laughs> yeah. Finalist at the Milwaukee Paracon. Achievement unlocked. Yeah. Go to MilwaukeeParacon.com to get tickets and uh, sign up for all the good good stuff that they have. And what else? Uh, everything's, everything's going well. Um, and I, I think we have uh, a pr- pretty fun little show for you. Yeah, I'm into it. This week. Uh, this is a, I don't know, would you say, do, does this fall under, a cl- under the classic umbrella I, think I don't it think it's a list, but it no. might be under the classic. I think this is classic because the whole thing happened in '77, and the '70s, to my mind, are the most that that is where the classic cryptids like I don't, Come I don't to life. Yeah, and I, that's just a personal feeling. It's not based on anything, but I'm like, man, if I want me some '70s cryptid, we are going to be talking this week about the Dover Demon. That's right, uh, of of Dover, Massachusetts. So. That's right, not Delaware. Sorry, Delaware. Sorry, Paint and Bob. 
Yeah. Uh, different different Dover. So uh definitely different Dover. De- definitely definitely different Dover. Definitely definitely and, different Dover. And get ready probably for some Dorchester. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see how we're going to avoid it. It's probably painfully unavoidable. Yeah. I haven't even been drinking and I just rolled the word un- unavoidable. <laughs> That's probably unavoidable. All right. Let's jump in then. We're going to talk about uh, what kind of creature could have stirred up the little town of Dover, Massachusetts in the spring of 1977. You see a couple of teenagers from the area <laughs> swore they witnessed something. Youths. <laughs> yeah, youths talking about monsters. <laughs> witnessed something, whether unknown or supernatural, and their accounts have fascinated cryptozoologists and researchers ever since. The creature they described has no easy explanation, and artist depictions of the descriptions leave us with what seems to be a version of the classic gray alien. Yeah. So just what did the teens from Dover see that night? Is there something prowling the woods of eastern Massachusetts? Or was there? Or could it all be a tasty slice of hogwash? Sweet, Mm. delicious hogwash. We'll start with the sightings. We'll get a description of the creature, look into some folklore of the region, and we'll see if we can't get a better understanding of what this wacky little critter might be, Dave. Well. You son of a bitch. (laughs) You look at what this thing could be. You look at it. I love it. Uh, I'm going to spoil it right now. Beaver. Oh, why? Yeah, yeah, it was a beaver the whole time. You know, Them one of damn the, the, the Dover those, beavers. Those long-legged beavers, you know, the glowing eye kind. That's right. The kind that I like. Yeah. So, uh let's let's start let's start filling in this picture. Uh to give you some some geography on this, Dover is about uh 15 miles southwest of uh I'm sorry, would you like to buy a vowel? This is what a stroke feels like. God. <laughs> it's about 15 miles southwest of Boston, which is only 14 miles southwest of Dorchester. Dorchester. You know what? Beautiful I not Dorchester. Know. Say hi to your mom for me. <laughs> <laughs> Visit our historical society, which there actually is one. I didn't know Dorchester was that close to Boston. Oh, yeah. Dave and I make jokes we because back in the Uparts episode, if you want to find the origin of this <laughs> shit, uh, how do you even? We had know the that? guys from from Dorchester come in because there was the um, what did they find in Dorchester? It was it was pots or something. Didn't they say the Dorchester pots? I don't know. Something I don't remember. It was an out of place artifact. It was Dorchester, and then Dave and I were doing <laughs> this, uh, this this stupid thing. Glorious accent. Terrible, terrible. But uh, I did. I thought. I thought Dorchester was like, you know, off maybe border of, of Connecticut or um, uh, off off in the woods <laughs> to no, the west or something, you know? It's like, like a southeast suburb, man. It's, it's a, a suburb, yeah. So anyway, it's a suburb of Boston. Lots of open fields, woods, uh, classic New England old stone walls, which, yeah, I wouldn't mention if it didn't matter later. But all of this beautiful New England vista fell away into a nightmare hellscape at 10.32 p.m. on the night of April 21st, 1977. 17-year-old Dover resident Billy Billy Boom Boom Bartlett went out for a drive with two of his friends, Mad Mike Mazaka 
and Andy the Bookworm Brody, whose mom insisted they take him along. <laughs> they, all, uh, they all climbed into his car and uh, went down Farm Street. If anyone is trying to recreate this in virtual reality or using Google uh, Street View. You can. Yeah. Who wouldn't do that, right? And as, as he turned on the street, his headlights kind of illuminated a section of one of these low uh, stone walls. And Bartlett saw something kind of skulking and slurking by the side of the road, which he assumed to be a dog or a cat or perhaps even one of them raccoons. I'll bet you they have a cool name for raccoons in New England. Yeah, they call them dog cats. <laughs> dog cats. But as he got closer, he realized, no, this was no dog cat. Uh, the creature had looked at him. It had two large, round, glassy, lidless eyes that shined uh, like two, and like his quote was, like two orange marbles. Uh, the body was small, like, quote, a baby's body, but with long arms and legs. That's disturbing. Guys, yeah. it, was like, it was like a baby, but with long arms and legs on the side of the road in glowing <laughs> eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the long spindly arms and legs each ended in large hands and feet with long curling fingers and toes. Its head was watermelon shaped and just as big as its body. So, but baby body, <laughs> baby head. It, but but the the water watermelon would be uh, lengthwise. It's not like that. Hey Arnold, kid. <laughs> right. It's 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 yeah, more it's, like it, it's vertical like as alien. opposed to landscape. Yeah, it's like like a gig or alien. <laughs> uh, the skin was hairless and peach colored, and it appeared to have a rough, rough texture that uh, Bartlett described as like wet sandpaper. Uh, he only got a few seconds to look at it before he passed it, and neither Mike nor that fucking nerd Brody saw it. Once he registered what had happened, he stopped the car and told his friends who wanted him to go back. So he was like, that's fine. I'll just, I'll do it. I'm not, I'm not scared. Uh, he turned the car around and drove back to where it was, but it had already gone. His friends believed him uh, because he was so obviously upset by the whole thing, but upon returning to his home on Walpole Street, again, for our Google listeners, and when he got back home, his dad asked why he was freaking out. So uh, Bartlett told his dad the whole story and even drew a sketch of what he had seen. Uh, signing underneath it, quote, I, Bill Bartlett, swear on a stack of Bibles that I saw this creature. I, Bill Bartlett, swear on a stack of Bibles <laughs> yes. I saw this creature. You f***ing twidgies. That's, that's, that's what they call a raccoon. Yeah, uh, twidgy. Twidgy. What are you, some sort of twidgy? I don't <laughs> I have no idea where that word just came from right now. I swear <laughs> this was no twidgy. <laughs> Dad. Dad, what, you, you think I ain't fucking ah. seen a twidgy? You think I ain't fucking sweet t- seen a twidgy? Pa, come on, pa, come on, pa, 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 pa get ma, pa, get ma, get ma, get ma, pa. get ma, get ma. <laughs> ma, I don't care if ma's out in the yard, get her. <laughs> See, you can do Boston. I go back to Jersey every time. I it's can't. tough, man. Yeah. It's like you. me, me and French and uh, Spanish. I start doing French and it turns into a terrible Spanish accent. Anyway, yeah. So, so this kid driving along. Remember, he's seventeen. It's the seventies. He's so horny. He's just <laughs> horned out of his mind. Uh, and he and he sees this thing. Now, you might you might be thinking that's 
if he's driving, it, it's not uh, very long to get a look at it, right? Right. And it, and it wasn't. He he didn't have but a couple seconds to get a look. He was going like, you know, 40 down this uh, little road. Yeah. And there's the stone wall running by the, the side of the road. And I know what you're thinking. Well, I mean, he's a 17-year-old kid in 1977 New England. Why has he got two other dudes in his car? Why can't he go out and meet nice girls? They don't, they don't even talk about it on Wikipedia. It's like the what? biggest mystery. <laughs> That's the biggest. They're cruising, man. They're, they're cruising for the night. Are they? Are they? Because let me tell you how I know they're not cruising. Andy Backney Brody was in the car. <laughs> you got Bartlett up front driving. <laughs> you got Brody in the back being a nerd. And me, Mikey Mazaka. <laughs> Mikey the Makeout King Mazoka. <laughs> I have never kissed a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never kissed a girl. The funny thing is, well, I, I guess I'll, I'll save half this. Uh, the the drawing that he does, that's probably the one that everybody's familiar with. Uh, if you if you Google up the old demon, you'll see him. Google he- it. <laughs> what? Google it. Google. You said, you, oh, you did said, I say Google? Yeah, yeah. I liked it. It's, the, it's my. It's the new search engine I'm la- launching. Yeah, but uh, Bill uh, Bartlett actually went on to be an artist. So you know, he's just maybe this inspired him to yeah to follow his dreams. Well, just like the, the way all traumatic instances make for for great artists. <laughs> yeah. So that wasn't. The only time anybody got a glimpse of this thing that night. Though. No, not at all. This was not an isolated incident. What, do you think we're going to do an entire episode just because three teenagers in a car think they saw something? That's stupid. We've got more teenagers. That's right. Way more at- than three. Way more than three. Double it. <laughs> uh, at midnight, the same night, 15-year-old John Baxter left what was his- John's, What was John's nickname? Because Oh, I've got to do a nick- nickname. Um, yeah. John Snackster Baxter, <laughs> on account of how much he loved Lay's, always had a bag of potato chips on him. Oh, the Snackster. Yeah, John John Snackster. Old greasy mitts Baxter. <laughs> well, John had a girlfriend. Whoa! That's right. Suck that, Mazaka. <laughs> he, uh, he left his girlfriend Kathy Cronin's house at the south end of Miller Hill Road at midnight to head home. About a half hour later... He saw a small, maybe four-foot-tall figure coming his way at the intersection of Farm Street and Miller Hill Road. And you know he assumed- what? Hold on. I don't mean to interrupt you, and I apologize for that, but too many streets. I'm, I'm pulling it up. Because I've made a thousand jokes about it already, and since they're listening all this information, I just did pull it up on Google Maps, and yeah, that is a, a very forested area. There's just like every house, and that's, this is now. Right. As a matter of fact, um, these all look like asshole estates now. Like one of them is huge. It's it's a pretty well-to-do area. I think there's a lot of horse farms around there. And yeah, um, maybe that's what this giant building is. I'm sorry, it's well-to-do. It's not asshole estates. <laughs> that's over in Dorchester. That's where your mom lives, Mikey. Oh, because she says financially secure. So, yeah, you know. Mazaka family estate or that cardboard box on the corner. Oh, she got you bad, Mikey. You going to take that? You going to take that? Man, and you take that back about my ma. 
<laughs> My mom doesn't live in no cardboard. All right. Uh, so yeah, so it is. It is a, pr- a pretty ruralish area. So he sees this four foot tall figure coming his way. He assumes it was MG Short Boy Bouchard, <laughs> who was who was a boy he knew who lived on that road and had apparently a deformed head as a result of a childhood illness. A lot of sources will say it was his friend and and yada yada. It, right. I didn't. My the the three versions that I got of this story did not mention a head deformity. Yeah, I I found that at a in a I think a pretty reputable source. So I thought that was uh, interesting hmm. to throw in because everybody else was just like, oh no, it's his short buddy. Yeah. He later said, "quote As I was getting closer, I could see that it was very small." The only thought that came to my mind was this. It was this kid walking home from a party or something, which he usually does around 1230, you know, because old short boy Bouchard, he likes to party, am I right? Who doesn't? I mean, come on, it's Dover. And so, you know, I called out to him. This was at a distance, uh, still about 50 yards, and I just kept walking and there was no reply and whatever. Bouchard, you f***-headed mook, what are you doing out here? <laughs> and there was no reply. And whatever it was, it kept walking. And as soon as it got nearer and nearer, I noticed. I mean, I could tell it wasn't MG Short Boy because it was much too small. And MG would have called out to me anyway. You know, he's good like that. He's I, I, I know his parents. I say out his mom. Good guy. He's a good guy. Um, so calling out, not getting response, he continued walking. And then the figure stopped. John stopped as well and called out, Hey, who is that? He took a step forward, and then the figure scurried off to the left, running down a shallow wooded gully and up the opposite bank. John, who has, who has since been nicknamed from Snackster Baxter to Balls of Solid Steel Baxter, <laughs> yeah, followed this him. Bouchard, don't run from me. You know it's only going to make it worse. Take your wedgie. And he stopped when the figure stopped atop a rock about 30 feet away. He described it as reminding him of having a monkey's body, except for a figure eight shaped head. And then he says its feet were molded around the top of the rock. In pictures, they uh, it, it's it's just sort of like curled around the top. And he later said, all these thoughts going through my mind, you know, what, what is this? A monkey, maybe? As I was looking really close there, I could see the eyes. It was looking at me. I just stared at it for another few minutes. <laughs> and then I just got all these thoughts that, that maybe it was something really strange, you know, because I, I don't know. Nothing ever happened to me like this before. So I, I don't know. I didn't know what to think. So I finally got the thought that maybe it wasn't as safe as it looked because the way it was staring at me, I, it just seemed like it was, I don't know. I All horned up. I, I got all these feelings that it was, you know, thinking to itself or, or waiting to spring or whatever, you know. So, so I backed up the bank kind of fast. My heart started beating really fast. I yada, love this. Yada, on and this on. is a wonderful quote, and I would love. I just can just see like the Massachusetts State Trooper writing down his report. Uh huh. Uh huh. So you 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 got you got a lot of thoughts uh, in your head. You think it's got a lot of feelings going on over here. These thoughts from you. There's feelings from the unknown entity, right? Is that all accurate? You got yeah, this? yeah, yeah. I was thinking a lot. It seemed like it was feeling a lot. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure that I know who had the thoughts and who had the feelings. Yeah, I, he had the feelings, okay? <laughs> I was just thinking about it. <laughs> all kinds of thoughts. 
I mean, not like those thoughts. Officer, come on. You want, you want the Mazaka kid up the street. So he backed up the slope and began to walk very fast back up the road until a passing cab picked him up and uh, took him home. So he was like, hey, hitch, hitchhike me a ride, please. Yeah. Uh, grabbing a pencil and paper, he also sketched what he had witnessed, showing the creature in silhouette standing on two legs atop the rock and gripping a nearby tree. You can also find this uh, f- uh, sketch in different places. Oh, yeah. Of course, we'll link to all that in the show notes. So, so far, we've got a couple of uh, similar uh, descriptions uh, of the thing, at least in drawing form, where it's got long, drowsy fingers and yeah. dr- sleepy fingers. The sleepy fingers. And um, I like his description of a figure eight head because yeah. it's like a peanut almost. It is. It is a peanut head. Yeah, that's perfect. And then this thing, he described it since it was kind of standing in. I guess the moonlight was uh, in silhouette, so he didn't get any, you know, features uh, or color or anything. But according to Baxter, he um, he said it was gripping the tree. Then the curled uh, toes were on top of the rock. Uh, and if you uh, if you yeah if you Google, you'll see this picture. There's like four or five hand drawn Dover Demon pictures that just keep repeating over and over. The one that he drew is the one where it's just a black silhouette, right? So. It's the only one that's like that that I saw. If you look at the uh, the little grass and and flowers and stuff that's that's in the picture, pretty pretty decent uh, rendition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he sketch. really he uh, really got in on the bark shading, which I was impressed. Dover, Pete, where where artists are are made. He wanted to really get the texture of that tree right. I noticed that he didn't write anything about Bible swears, so questionable. Oh, maybe that'll. <laughs> Was that all the only times uh, people saw it, Dave? Yeah, sure. No, of course it wasn't. Oh. Listen, it's not a thing until three teenagers see it. That's right. <laughs> and so we bring on to the stage, please put your hands together for 18-year-old Will Trainer and 15-year-old Abby Braham driving down from Springdale Avenue. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Let's go to the tape. Now, this was actually the next night. Uh, Will and Abby were, were, were driving down good old Springdale Avenue. I'm going to take a moment here to find it. Yep. No, I see it. I, I found it. I found Springdale Avenue. Now, it becomes Pagan Lane, right, where it crosses where, okay, Jesus, this isn't confusing. There's a four-way intersection, which is just an intersection. <laughs> if you go north, it's Main Street. South, it's Farm Street. East, Springdale. West, Pagan. The, the street changes to, to four different names at this intersection. That is, that's a huge pain in the ass for drivers. Yeah, it is. It's a huge pig in the ass because it's P-E-G-A-N. <laughs> pagan is one of the roads. Pagan. Now, the good, the good news is this, is that Springdale Avenue, pretty short little stretch. Wow. All right, so they're driving down Springdale Avenue. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying getting into the geography of this. Spotting something by the road near a bridge, which I think is the Trout, Book, Trout Brook Bridge, which is a, not much of a bridge now. Uh, it's the, anyway, for anyone who gives a <laughs> shit. Um, they slow down to get a better look. Abby said, Flora. Oh, me? Oh, yeah, you. As I looked at it, it kind of looked a minute like an ape. Then I looked at the head, and the head was very big. 
and it was a very weird head. And I saw the head. And it looked at me. It had bright green eyes, and the eyes just glowed like, like they were just looking exactly at me. It appeared that the monster's eyes were reflecting the car's headlights to Petum. Hashtag Dark Mark Soloff. <laughs> it had a tan hairless body. The head was watermelon shaped and looked featureless except for round green eyes. Uh, all Tainter saw was the brief glimpse of the tan figure crouched in the road. No movement was seen. Uh, the witnesses compared the size of the creature to that of a goat. After they had driven past the thing, Tainter said, Did you just see something? Hey, did you just see something? Yeah, look, lock the doors. Let's get out of here. Hurry up. My ma's also wondering where the hell I am. <laughs> she also drew a sketch of it. It's like an artist enclave up here. Poor Abby's sketch. Not not quite on par with the other guys. Yeah, it's like a it's like a ghost corgi. <laughs> yeah. So that that's it. There are no more teenagers in our parade of of crypto teens. Yeah. So so two nights in a row. Uh, I think it's interesting. She describes it almost exactly like Bartlett did, even down to the color, except for the eyes. She called the eyes green, whereas he said they were orange. Right. Yeah. Right. Could have been colorblind. So just. By happenstance, cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman appearing at this year's Milwaukee Paracon. Hey We might get to say hi to him. I, I don't know. My, my crippling social anxiety might uh, get the best of me, and I just I might, might, I might take his wallet. This is why we're, we're uh, ketchup and mustard. We, we complement <laughs> so well. Neither of us, neither of us are going to get anything useful done, though. No. no. Uh, Lauren Coleman happened to be in the area and uh, at a little store where an employee was looking at Bartlett's drawing. Bartlett had gone to school, showed people, been, and, and people were like, oh, shit. Uh, I've seen that, too, people being Baxter. Right. And then he's like, well, let's, let's make copies of these, see if anybody else has seen them. The store hey. had a copy of this drawing. You seen this? <laughs> Check out this weird <laughs> Curious, Coleman followed up and got an interview with Bartlett and eventually with Baxter and Bram, Brit, Brabham. 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 Uh, Abby as well. Uh, yeah. naming, naming his research file the Dover Demon, he went on to ask police for similar reports, giving them copies of the sketches for reference. And uh, I guess... Not long after that, the stories soon appeared in local papers and eventually was picked up by the AP to run in the South Middlesex Sunday News, the Boston Globe, and the Boston Herald. And thus, the legend of the Dover Demon took flight with the name and all. I like that the South Middlesex got top billing on that. (laughs) Now, that is, for the most part, the extent of the uh, sightings, except for one other possible sighting by Bartlett, again, in uh, 1978. According to him, he was in a parked car with his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> See? All you got to do is ditch those mooks, Bartlett. You had the power all along. That's right. Get a girl in your packed car. It was so, in a packed car in the yeah. car pack. <laughs> he was uh, with his girlfriend, and they heard something thump the side of their vehicle. After a round of uh, innuendo-laden jokes... They saw a small figure running into the woods, but couldn't see who or what it was. It could have been a demon or just a local kid pulling a prank. They did see that the person was pulling some sort of, some sort of stool by, behind them as they ran off into the woods. 
<laughs> and it was it was then he realized he did not have a car door. He actually had a pervert wall <laughs> installed on the side of his car. Immediately it got cheaper. it fixed. It was a lot cheaper. <laughs> there was also a, uh, a fellow by the name of Mark Sinnott of Sherborne who might have seen something similar at Channing Pond on Springdale Avenue in 1972. Dave, can you pull that up? I'm doing it right now. He says, I don't know if we really saw something. Uh, we thought we did. We saw a small figure deep in the woods moving at the edge of the pond. We could see it moving in the headlights. We, we didn't know. It could have been an animal. That's all he said. Uh, he said they told the police who investigated, but, quote, nothing came of it. Channing Tatum Pond on oh, Springdale Avenue. Yeah, it's a really sad pond. It's like a square that's just choked with duckweed. But in 72, it was a thriving oh, yeah. uh, ecosystem. Yeah, it's where people made out. Ecosystem and Capac. And Capac. So, so that's, that, those are all the sightings, which, truth be told, I like them. Yeah. I yeah. like these sightings. I would be way more interested to know if there was any actual relationship between all the youths. Mm, we might get to that in a bit then. Good, good, good. Yeah, you, you start thinking of questions when, when stuff like this comes up, yeah? Well, in order to answer these questions, we're going to have to get inside the Wayback Machine for a little dish that I call folklore. Flora, <laughs> serve, serve it up hot with a ladle. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Folklore sound. Once upon a time in a land far away. <laughs> what is the sound of folklore? What is that even going to be? Uh, in 1914, a history book of Dover written by Frank Smith contains a passage about the area the sightings occurred in, saying, In early times, this road went around by the picturesque Polka Rock on the farm of George Patel, which was called for a man by that name of whom it remembered, that amid the superstitions of the age, he thought he saw his satanic majesty as he was riding on horseback by this secluded spot. The location has long been looked upon as one in which treasures are hid, but why anyone should go so far inland to hide treasures has never been told. However, there has been at times mistakable evidence of considerable digging in the immediate vicinity of this rock. Stop. I just love uh, the phrase, his satanic majesty. Oh, yeah. So apparently uh, uh, a guy saw the devil, the the devil, uh, riding on a horse around that area. And then there was a... Or at the very least a devilish apparition. (laughs) True. True the same, my lord. Uh, And and then there was a a place called Polka Rock, you know, where everybody went to dance. Did you guys, uh, you ever heard of them? The Kenosha Kickers? Polka, Polka. It was a big big rock for them back in the day. This was 102 years ago, Dave. Oh, my mistake. Coleman, Lauren Coleman, points out that with a few legends, Satan on horseback, buried treasure, the demon, converging at that area, uh, some suspicion of unexplained activity is warranted. You can you can start thinking, hmm, that's yeah. weird. There's a lot of weird stuff going on around here, maybe. Uh, he also speculates that the polka stone may have been a misrepresentation of the Celtic nature spirit, Puka. We have talked about Puka uh, yeah. a time or two back in, I think, Irish myths. The Puka, depending on the folklore, is either a benevolent or, at, at the best, uninterested nature spirit or a wicked-minded, malicious creature. Uh, in most cases, I think you just, you didn't want to piss it off. Right. You know, don't, don't start no shit. There won't be no shit. Classic. But, uh, but yeah, so... So, so Polka Stone may have been 
just a, a misrepresentation of puka stone from maybe early on settlers or even, you know, just the culture that came into the area. Who knows? It's a good thought, I think. Yeah. Then you get another uh, creature of lore that comes from Native American legend, and this is called the Mamagwesi, known as the little people or river spirits of Ojibwe and Ottawa folklore, and also called the Menegishi in Cree lore. Mamagwesi are small riverbank-dwelling water spirits. They are generally benign creatures, but sometimes blow canoes astray or steal things when they're not shown proper respect. Again, sounds a lot like uh, a puka. Right. In some Ojibwe traditions, Mamegwesi uh, can only be seen by children and medicine people. In others, they can appear to anyone and may help humans who give them tobacco and other gifts. Most often, Mamegwesi are described as being child-sized and hairy with a large head and a strange voice that sounds like the whine of a dragonfly. The Cree and Inu describe them as having narrow faces, and some Menominee storytellers have said that they have no noses. It is sometimes said that the Mamagwesi were originally created from the bark of trees. Mamagwesi are said to carve symbols on rocks and sometimes carve small canoes for themselves out of stone. Some people believe that their name comes from the Ojibwe word for hairy, uh, since Mamegwesi are usually described as having hairy faces and bodies. Now, a lot of that really uh, fits in well with these sightings, except for the hairy part. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I maybe you, you found one with alopecia. Yeah, yeah. I like the um, the Mamegwesi, especially because they are water uh, spirits. They're they're river spirits. They they hang around rivers and stuff. Dave, maybe you can check the map there. Uh, and see how much water's nearby. I mean, the one kid saw it at a bridge. You got Trout Brook, which is very small, and then you've got Channing Pond, which yeah. is also, I mean, like Channing Pond is like the size of a a Walgreens parking lot. It's not big. And it's not a river either. No, but the Charles River is nearby. Uh, Dover itself is right right on the banks of the Charles River, I believe. Yeah, yeah, you can get there from there. You have to want it. well let's talk about what we think and what other people think it may be yeah i think it could have been a a dog with extreme mange it could it could have been we saw the thing with the raccoons like animals do lose their hair sometimes oh yeah and then they look then they look unholy weird especially what what did you see that one time bears uh, bears are the worst. Raccoons are kind of, they're just real Jim Henson-y. You feel like there's a couple of those running around on Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's all kinds of theories under what this thing could have been. And you get alien, you get mutant, you get hoax, you get fairy. Uh, according to Coleman uh, and some of the other investigators that they, of that time, uh, teachers and parents said that Bartlett was a reliable witness and that none of the witnesses were the type to pull pranks of that nature. Additionally, school was out for a holiday around that time, um, which kind of adds to the complexity of the host. And that, that was a question I had. I was like, well, this doesn't seem like the biggest place in the whole wide world. I'm sure right. all these kids go to the same school, but school was out at that time. Yep. And, you know, people actually had to, to get together and plot uh, yeah. or, you know, get on the, get on the phone and plot. <laughs> yeah. And it's possible that could happen and parents are just like, I don't know what my kids were doing, you know. Yeah, who the f*** ever knows? Kids are weird. 
if they were in school, that would have been easier to, to coordinate maybe because they were together, although they were in different grades. So, yeah, who, who's to say? Yeah. Uh, now, Joseph Nyman from MUFON uh, got involved in the mix later on, interviewed all the, the youths, and uh, established that while Bill Bartlett and John Baxter knew each other, they really didn't know each other very well at all uh, prior to the sightings, which I'm sure put them together more often. Mm-hmm. But... Bill and Will Tainter were very close friends. And uh, both parents and the students uh, told Nyman they at first thought that the whole thing was a, was a hoax, uh, but then came around to go, no, I, I think there's something to this. Uh, one of their science teachers even gave them uh, very high recommendations and uh, was convinced that they were, that they were being honest. Yeah. Uh, two other teachers, however, said that Bill was essentially a bad kid. F***ing teachers. Mm-hmm. And one of them said... If I was to pick someone to pull something like this, it would be Bartlett. He said, uh, brushing the bras off of his desk from the yeah. bomb. <laughs> That's right, the, the bra, bra bomb, bomb that exploded from the drawer. <laughs> he <laughs> said, Bartlett. <laughs> and I can't prove it, but I know that Mikey Mazaka was in on this. <laughs> Bill's, Bill's a competent prank engineer, but that boy wouldn't know where to find a bra if he had to. <laughs> He said that uh, Bill and John Baxter frequently hung out in the school's smoking lounge. What? What, what kind of... Where, what's 1977? What? <laughs> also, there was a two-year age different, age difference between Bill and John, making, uh, making it unlikely, especially at that age, that they would be hanging out. Well, on the other hand, what about Will and Abby? What the hell were they doing? Mm. Three-year age difference there. Un- under the bleachers. Mm-hmm. Bartlett did have, uh, uh, this does not seem likely. It sounds like it's just a shit box old asshole teacher. Yeah. Because Bartlett uh, was very against smoking and wasn't into it. <laughs> Another important fact, almost no one involved in this story were good students, which they think might account for why that teacher uh, had such a boner for him, a nega boner. <laughs> nega boner. That's pretty funny. Yeah, this, this little kid's an asshole. Yeah, every time I ask a question, he's like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. He did poorly on a test, so I'm pretty sure he's a criminal. <laughs> I'll get you, Bartlett. I'll get you. I've been p- teaching since 1907. I think I know a thing or two. <laughs> Seventy-year teacher. <laughs> I started when I was 15, <laughs> right after I had my third kid. Everyone else went off to World War One. <laughs> Someone Ten had to stay later. and teach the youths. That's right. F***ing Bartlett. <laughs> Bartlett. One of his patented Bartlett bra bombs. You just got Bartletted. Okay, so so what does all that mean? I mean, that, that doesn't cast much light on, on anything, really. No. It just sort of enforces the story at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that, that, yeah, I think that, that comes around to more in favor of these guys. Yeah, although, you know, parents aren't going to say their kid is a douche uh, to make stuff up and right. start it up. But, um, yeah, interesting to, to put that together. It's one of the first questions, like you said, that comes up is like, well, do these kids know each other? Could they be conspiring, trying to trying to get together, do something to, to fuck with everybody, basically? Yeah, and I, I've got, you know, one thing that I, I'm going to put into the, the I believe them category is... Uh, you know, they're like, yeah, no, we were we were out parking our car and making out, and then we saw something. Who's going to own up to that first part? Or maybe they weren't at all, and they wanted to seem cool. 
<laughs> you just did it. You just perfectly shot a hole in it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I saw this thing too. It was when I was, uh, it was when I was on second base with my yeah. girl. <laughs> I was just rounding third, but this buckle was so weird, and I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, something came by, so I didn't get to score. But next time, next, next time. time. <laughs> All right, Flora. Aside from uh, aside, aside from the teenagers uh, at front, what are some other uh, zoological animal-based <laughs> explanations? Some people think this may have been a lost baby moose, or maybe a foal, a young horse, a horseling, a horseling, a hor- horse larvae, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a baby moose or horse that was glimpsed under unusual conditions. That made it seem like a bizarre humanoid that sometimes went on four legs. <laughs> sometimes. Now, Lauren Coleman said he canvassed local horse owners after the incident, and nobody reported that they were missing a horse. So that kind of ruled out the, the foal. Uh, moreover, it was not foaling season, he said. There's a certain time of year that yeah. horses are born. Yeah, it was, it was too close to Christmas for that to make right. sense. As for the moose theory, only two moose were uh, reported in Massachusetts in 77 and 78, both of them in central Massachusetts, he said. A yearling moose by that time in April, and he's saying a yearling as in small enough to not have any antlers, I guess, uh, and, and either very short hair, no hair, and traipsing around on, on rock walls. Mm. A yearling moose by that time in April would weigh more than 600 pounds and be bigger than the Volkswagen Bartlett was in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To have a bipedal moose with long fingers and orange skin and no hair and no nose would be more of a phenomenon than the Dover Demon. That's a fun quote by Coleman. Yeah. And uh, uh, I didn't see anything that... uh, I think they may have asked around if it could have been a calf also. Which would probably be the most likely out of those three animals. Yeah. Because calves can be born uh, all year long. And uh, the only thing weird about that is that, you know, no long fingers, no traipsing around on on stone walls. I don't think a a calf would be getting up on a wall. And then uh, uh, some people said, well, maybe it's a monkey. Well, you know, honestly, how often does it come back to, well, circus monkey? Circus monkey? Uh, was there a, uh, was there a train wreck anywhere nearby at the time? <laughs> you know, hauling, uh, one of them boxcars full of orangutans. Right. It, it just, it seems too out of place. Little, little too weird. I, I guess monkey would be the, uh, the, the best explanation, but where'd the monkey come from? Yeah. What's going on? Is there a Dover zoo that, that. <laughs> Anybody escaped from or? Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I wouldn't say that monkeys are a controlled qua- uh, material, but no one doesn't know where the monkeys are. If you have monkeys, you know where they are. And one of them gets loose. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your monkey is? Right. Everyone knows where the monkeys are. And then uh, and then it kind of brings us back around to, like you said, diseased raccoon, uh, maybe a dog disease or so i i feel like raccoon or a possum could maybe get up on uh on on a wall and be walking around in fact uh possum's not a bad call on it because they kind of had that peanutty head right right yeah nobody said anything about a tail but you know could have been tucked under or 
the height doesn't seem to really help. Yeah, that, there that'd very be a much. hell of a big possum. Yeah, that's that's it's almost impossible. Oh yeah, you just yep, yep. Savor that flavor hour. <laughs> but so, they also have little 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 handlings. They do, they do. Greedy Not little like fingers, super long curling stuff. But um, I could see one of those getting up on its haunches or something. You know, maybe ready to climb a tree or. Yeah. The size, you know what? What I'm surprised didn't make it in here is like a Great Dane. Yeah. A white Great Dane could fit all of this with the exception of the fingers. Right, right. Well, Great Danes have pointy ears though. Those are, if they're, if they're, you have to have that surgically done to them. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, they have, they, they have to get a little surgery for that. Oh, well. I mean, it's it's pretty big, so yeah, could be yeah. So so like a dog, maybe a oh, would they have coyotes in that area or or even wolves, uh, something like that. It, it's what's what's tough about it is that the one kid described it as standing up at one point. Yeah. Although I think Coleman did say that that was Baxter. That Coleman did say that he was kind of he didn't handle the attention very well, and he he very much started putting on airs and and trying to play up uh the showmanship of his story and things like that. Mm. That that kind of uh, sounds a little dicey to me. Yeah. And he was the one that reported standing up, but um from all accounts it, nobody could really get a handle on whether or not these kids were telling a lie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, if they they their, their stories aren't wildly embellished they don't have, uh, I don't know, like, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. At the end of the day, I feel like they all saw something. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was, you know, anything terrifying or not, but I do feel like they saw something. I think the fact that they saw them all so close together and then no longer would point towards some sort of strange animal or a sick animal moving through the area. Yeah. There was no uh, UFO activity at the time. Because, like I said, a lot of the artist renditions, by artists, I guess I mean kids, uh, but people have taken it and ran, run with it since and drawn their own versions of it and shit. But they definitely look gray alien type. And I, I think a lot, yeah. of, I think it gets a lot of play in our circles because of that. Right. And uh, also, I mean, that's that, that pretty thoroughly predates the Graylian being the, the cultural touchstone that it is now. I mean, I think that it existed. I think people had described something, but like, it's that that was still little green men times, yeah, as far it, as it could we, have been. You know. Yeah, I can't can't remember. There's like a a transition from Martians, little green man, to the sinister gray aliens, and I, I forget when that when that started. But that's yeah, that's a, a good point. And of course, you know, it's well, alien. Why why one? Why no other activity? Where'd it go? Where'd it come from? There's a lot yeah. of more questions if if it's an actual alien, you know. So I mean, because the, I mean, just just to kind of put, it, I mean, yes, I mean, the Roswell aliens were described to kind of have the the gray alien. If you if you're going to put them in a bucket, that's the bucket they'd go in. And there were some other uh, references, but it's still you know like uh, uh, Whitley Stryber's Communion. Uh-huh. That I think did a lot to put that forward. Hadn't didn't come out for another three years. Uh, I, I don't know. I I don't know. 
It's interesting. Yeah. I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know shit from apple butter. In in an interview ten years ago, Bill Bartlett said, "In a lot of ways, it's kind of embarrassing to me. I definitely saw something. It was definitely weird. I didn't make it up. Sometimes I wish I had." Oh my God, Flora! Why has no one thought of this? Escaped reptilian <laughs> tried to warn the surface world. Bam! That's it. And then he got drug back under. Yeah, I'm not convinced that it wasn't a hoax, but it's like it's kind of like sixty forty for me, like. 60% I'm leaning towards hoax, 40% I'm leaning towards misidentification. Like you said, they saw something, yeah, but it was probably like a diseased animal or something. Right. It may, it may be even 55-45. I'm really riding the fence on one of those two explanations, just personally. Yeah, I, I personally think they saw something. I, will, I have no opinion as to what it was. Just, right. You'll just never know. You'll just never know. And Lauren Coleman even brings that up, brings that up. He's like, it's okay that we don't know what it is, you know. It, we, yeah. We still can look into it and, and try and get facts. But uh, if at the end of the day we we stop and say, you know what, no clue. I don't. I have no idea what this is. Eh, yeah. No, nobody's lost a ball game for that. Right. Yeah, that's fine by me. So, anyways, I think uh, unless you got anything else. No, I'm I think good. That'll do it uh, for the old Dove Demon in a very uh, wet, sandpapery, glowing eyed, <laughs> spindly, drowsy fingered. Say nutshell. hi to your mother for me. <laughs> a Dorchester Express nutshell. You know, the only thing that's harder to identify when you see them, I mean, because it's just, they're so quick. Skirting around on, skirting on stone around walls. Glowing eyes, uh, un- unsightly hands and feet. Hanging out around horny teenagers. <laughs> Puns. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll start us out here. Did you know, Dave, there was an unidentified creature prowling the woods at night in Massachusetts back in the late 70s. There actually was a thing. Uh-huh. Kids would get a glimpse of it as they drove by. But all they could see was a rump. What? As if the thing were mocking them. What was it? It was the Ben Dover demon. <laughs> oh! I thought you would be talking about the uh, uh, the mystical creature seen through the mists by the cliffs of Dover, which was the Ben Dover, the gray man of Ben Dover. Oh, the gray, the gray man. Yeah. Yeah. Dover cliff demon. Yeah. Or the, uh, what about the... Uh, Enema company for a bend over cleaning. What do you got? Uh, I've got one here. Um, uh, did you hear that there was uh, some sightings in New England just outside uh, of that town? The, uh, uh, a tour bus wrecked and rolled. Oh no! And um, yeah, it had a. Uh, it was it was per a, a, a hip hop tour. Um, they were able to find uh, the rapper's wife, Beyonce, and she was terrified that they couldn't find it. Uh, her husband anywhere uh uh-huh. some teenagers swore that they saw him skulking by the side of the road it was the case of the dover hova i'm not even sure i know what that means that's uh jay-z's like cool hip-hop nickname is hova wow yeah hi hi fellow children i am in touch <laughs> with, i am in touch with the hip hipping hops wow yeah that's a, that's a good one that's <laughs> hova yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm gonna look it up while you're. Jay Z, Jehovah, maybe. Does he think he's God? 
Yes. Yeah, Urban Dictionary. It's the name that rapper Jay-Z calls himself since he considers himself the god of rap. Oh, my gosh. I'm kind, I'm kind of proud of myself for sussing that out, actually. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you, you know what you did? You decrypted uh, the youth. You could probably read tags now, too. Oh, no. I've leveled up. All right, I got one more here, here for you. Okay. Uh, this, this is a very famous pro wrestler from Massachusetts, Dave. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's actually Native American. And he likes to play pranks on his fellow wrestlers. He's a little person, but he's very strong, and he believes in hustle, loyalty, and respect. It's John Maymayguaysina. <laughs> I wish I knew. I, yeah, I wish I knew the song because I would have done that for you right there. But I don't know it. I just know it's horns. Yeah. Okay. I got. I got one to close us out here. Already. Um, you know, even years after the incident. Um, the people involved had a hard time, you know, getting on their feet. And of all of them, only only one of them was able to actually make a successful business for themselves and really uh, keep the uh, the respect of the community. And that was Mike Mazaka. Um, and he did that. He opened uh, the New England's first uh, firearm and uh, timepiece store, which was Mazaka's Clocks and Glocks. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Acknowledged. Yes. <laughs> I was trying, trying to throw something in there and just failing. Glorious. All right. Them's yeah. puns. Hey, there, Dave. You know, I uh, I saw some other f***ing thing when I was uh, driving down Fime Street. Uh, what the f***? Yeah, yeah. It was this f***ing thing. I f-ing swear guy. to God, I, I don't know what it was. I, maybe it was your ma. I don't know. Whoa, I don't know who's hey, to say. Hey, watch maybe it. Maybe it was watch your f***ing ma. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, all right. No, your ma's great. Uh, I love all it. Right. Say, say hi to her for yeah, me. Yeah, you right. say hi to your mother for me. But this f***ing thing, you you have no idea what this sh- was. I mean, you want something f***ing weird? You look at this listener f***ing mail. <laughs> Kicking it off, we got one from Brunhilda, which who oh. is, yeah, yeah, she is blowing through her umlaut allowance at an <laughs> alarming rate. Uh, she writes, Dear Blurry Foduo. Nice. Third word, first pun, bam. Hello wow. from Straya. Wanted to thank you for the podcast and regale you with some strange non-native speaker comments. <laughs> if something does not make sense to you, can we agree that it's because English is not my mother tongue, right? I think Zing. she's from Austria, not Straya. Oh, you're right. It is Austria. I made uh, the uh, dumb and dumber mistake. <laughs> Thanks for reading better than I do, Flora. Uh, she found us uh, via the Miskatonic University podcast. So that's awesome. Oh, wow. Thanks. Nice. Uh, originally, I'm from Germany, thus expect humorless comments and zero jokes. I will also number my topics for maximum effect. I mean, she's already got the, the umlauts and the puns done. Oh, yeah. Uh, first, Brunhilde makes more puns than any other English speaker in her uh, role-playing group, both the Welsh and the Australian combined, probably because uh, Brunhilde has merrily listened to the entire Blurry Photos back catalog, which, oof, that is, yeah. that's a load of work. Um, uh, other, other Blurry Photos achievements, uncontrollable laugher, laughter in a public transport, Weird happy smirk in the morning, <laughs> and uh, bystanders asking why she's so happy. Probably because of uh, I tell them because of Spawnhucom. Uh, yes, it's a thing. Gross. Spawnhucom. It's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially like it when Flora gets mad. Everybody does. 
30 minutes of Flora being real. <laughs> Your dog. Well, we'll put her in the other room. She doesn't need to see that part of you. 30 minutes of Flora being really, really mad about something would be a very entertaining podcast that I would totally listen to. Uh, and Mr. Steckel, where does your natural science background come from? College. I mean, I've heard somewhere that I was in Antarctica. That's true. But I wonder why Stecco left out an important technical term in the episode about the Voynich manuscript. One of the owners of said book tried to increase the value by ascribing it to Roger Bacon, a procedure actually well known in the antique well, in the world of antique literature as bacon faking. Oh, I like that. Brunhild also threw in some great marriage traditions that includes Brautenführung, the kidnapping of surprise. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some great show suggestions. And finally, sit German. I'm still clueless as to what your German accent is. <laughs> if your German accent is what I think it is, it is not a German accent. Well, lady, I could have told you that right off the tip. For me personally, it sounds like a slightly annoyed metropolitan French homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Germany is. No. <laughs> still funny, but not German. Oh, and uh, she's included... Some German. See, here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> we're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, that's, we're that's not. usually my line. Right. Yeah. We we are not anthropologists here. We're jackasses, or at least I sure as <laughs> them. I'll tell or, you exactly that. Dave's is a German accent by way of Hans and Franz and Sprockets. Sprockets. I'll tell you what. You know what? The 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 real middle, like the center neutron of my German accent is Val Kilmer in <laughs> the saint uh, in the saint. Yeah, so this uh, is boring. Do you want to go get some coffee or something? Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. That is my favorite German accent. And that's the one I, I like to do the most. So yeah, if you're, if anyone's wondering where I'm getting it from, watch the saint. We just that's, did a whole episode where we were throwing around a terrible uh, Boston accent. Oh yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah, it's not are, Boston. It's like it's like Boston Jersey. Yeah. Henry Higgins rolling in his grave at what we're doing. Maybe it's the same thing as how when people try to do an American accent, they just sort of talk like this, and this is American. That's true. Because, I mean, that accent doesn't live anywhere. It's, but right. it's like a little Southern, little Texas. Yeah. Even Texas doesn't really have an accent. No one in Texas speaks with a Texan accent. Even though people refer to it, there's, there, I mean, there's a definite like every there, there are different accents within the same town that people live in. So who cares? Uh, by the way, is Stecco's Swedish accent featured in the Devil Book episode? Uh, that would be the Codex Gigas, inspired by the game Magica. No, it's inspired by the Swedish Chef, but Magica is right in that same <laughs> that same exact ballpark. Yes. I've played Magicka a little bit here and there, but not. I've never really like sunk into it. Uh, and finally, in the uh, unlikely event you ever visit beautiful Vienna, she would be happy to give us a tour, which Very is nice. awesome. Yeah, I'll Vienna. take all of that. Uh, wish you the best, guys. Pun quotient was fairly low this time. Next time, more puns, I promise. Cheers. Brunhilde. Auf Wiedersehen, Brunhilde. Auf Wiedersehen. I've been to Salzburg, but, well. uh, and, and it was, well, I had a great time. I think it was a weird holiday when I was there. Like, nothing was open. Or maybe it was just a Sunday. Uh, anyway, nothing was uh, uh, really open, but, you know, we went to some, some cool spots. And uh, I would love to, to visit Vienna. Man, what a, what a happening city for music back in the old classical period, huh? Yeah, even now. 
Even now. Even it's, now. But their DJs are some of the strongest. <laughs> uh, Dave. Yeah. Quick factoid from General Hammerfist Thundercock. Oh, the general, not a general. Just listen to Bullstone 5 talking about Jade Helm operation. I can tell you as a member of the Tennessee National Guard we, that we do our training every summer and all those convoys of Humvees and armed troops is just your friends and neighbors training for a few weeks. Well, training for what? To round us up and put us into decommissioned Walmart FEMA camps? Yeah. Yeah. Training for what? Uh, the inevitability of Obama uh, declaring martial law, taking our guns, our, our freeze-dried foods that are delicious and nutritious and available at a 20% discount if you sign up for the, the newsletter. Training for all the, the chemtrails that are going to go into your lung unless you get my <laughs> lung cleanse. <laughs> Sodium right, nitrate. Lens. Good God. Glorious. Thank you, General. Not a general. Yeah, thanks, General. Got one here from John Snowglow. Oh, does John- he know everything? No. How much does he know? Nothing. At John all. Snowglow. Uh, John writes, hello, guys. This is my first email. I stumbled upon your podcast while listening to the F- Night Fears podcast at my evil job. Ooh. Night Fears podcast. Yeah. I've never heard of Night Fears. Thanks, Night Fears. Uh, no no I, offense, Night Fears, but I mean, there's well, a lot I, of podcasts out there, but right. yeah, that's, and I that's don't, pretty cool. Now, now uh, we'll have to listen. Yeah, exactly. That's how it works. You don't know about it, then you know about it. Uh, as I work my way through the catalog of a couple of questions and suggestions, let's call them questions. <laughs> I like that word. I'm listening to my iPhone. I've noticed two seasons are missing. So my question that I'm sure everyone has asked before is, can you ask us uh, access all the archives on iTunes? Short answer, no. Long answer, no. Um, to, <laughs> to, uh, to get the full archives, uh, iTunes limits by, uh, I think it's by data, by how big the episodes are. They limit how much we can have hosted there. So uh, for anything prior to that, go to our website, blurryphotos.org. Uh, the complete archives, every single episode is on there for the delightful price of all nothing <laughs> so yeah unfortunately there is a limit do you know flora is there a limit on stitcher yes there it, is. the thing is it's if i'd done the research correctly uh it's more a limit on our feeder ah. in this case feed burner and they have a, a limit on uh the feed size that that comes through so whatever we post on our end adds up it accumulates and then it funnels it through to itunes to the RSS, to the you know uh, Stitcher and stuff, so it's it's kind of the gatekeeper for what gets through, and it's like only ninety five episodes get through right now. Yeah, but my girlfriend episode is in there. A lot of people's girlfriend episodes are in there. That's that's what feed burner is. Anyway, that, I don't know what that meant. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so unfortunately, iTunes no, Stitcher no, but uh, you can go to the website and you can stream. Even from your phone, you can stream that from our, from our website. Continuing, John writes, I work in an evil government facility where they produce devil babies and usually don't have signal to listen to them from the website while at work. Mm. Uh, I don't listen in order. Uh, I pick talk at, topics that I like and listen all day at work. And today I listen to the cast about druids. You guys went on a soliloquy about spiders and being a person that keeps tarantulas as pets. Uh, I must assure you that they're beautiful uh, and spiders in general are misunderstood. One of these people. This I one's for you, Dave. 
I know, I know. I do presentations for kids sometimes. And when they want to say that they wish spiders didn't exist, I tell them that if they didn't exist, we would be swarmed by flies and insects of all kinds. So basically a plague. I get it. I, I agree with that. Also, tarantula hair is an ingredient in itching powder. If you ever got <laughs> an itch for someone. Yeah, that's an urticating hair of type one, type two, or type three. I was looking through the merch and didn't see a Jeff the Talking Mongoose shirt. We're working on it. I love where your head's at. Uh, now, here's the thing, John. I do not like spiders, but it is a genuine phobia. It is, it is, it is an irrational fear. Um, I even have watched a ton of YouTube videos. There's one guy, I think is, I subscribed to his channel, and I don't know if he still puts up videos anymore. Uh, there's a channel by a guy called Tarantula Guy 1976. And uh, this guy, I, I think it's been a while since he's uploaded a, um, a tarantula video, but this guy has a lot of tarantulas. He loves them. He weeps when they pass away. Um, and he's he really knows a lot about them, and it's fascinating, and I have watched a lot of these videos. None of that makes me like them more. I mean, I get it. I know what they do. I know their job. But good googly moogly, they give me the jeeblies. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, get, I get where you're at. Uh, and it is fascinating. It's a very intense thing if you're, like, breeding them or making uh, cool terrariums for them. But, boy, howdy. They're just, they're just not for me, man. I can't get around that. Uh, a couple of other questions. Did we ever verify the gender of Lunar Kitty? No. No, we never did. Uh, this writing is getting long. Look forward to more of you and your opinions and stories. Thought of a superpower that you can attract anyone, uh, that you can attract anyone you like, but as soon as they get within two feet, you develop halitosis. Oh. Yikes. What would that be called? What would you call that, Flora? Would that be sexy Tex-Mex breath? <laughs> I was thinking um, breath proximity, or like oh, proxima yeah. breath, dental proximity. <laughs> anyway, we'll work on it. We'll, we'll workshop that one. Thanks again. If you find yourself in London at the Whitechapel Strip Club, watch out! Several underpaying tippers have fallen victim to Jacqueline the Stripper. Oh! Ooh, thanks, John Snowglow. Thanks, John Snowglow. Mama Muffin, John Snowglow. Got a new one here from Long Knives. Swing, swing. <laughs> Long Knives lives in Portland, uh, has heard of the Shanghai Tunnels. Even seen the skylight-type windows that are said to have been installed over the known parts of the tunnels to let light in. The windows are an exact match for windows on the sidewalks of my hometown of Lewiston, Idaho, that were known to serve a tunnel system made by Chinese immigrants to move goods, smoke opium, and avoid uh, contact with hostile locals, all of which is well-documented in local history. Hmm. I would suspect that their use... In Portland, which is just a couple days float from Lewiston via the Snake and Columbia Rivers, is similar to their use in Lewiston, but would be inclined to believe they were most certainly used for abducting folks, at least at times. Anyways, uh, big fan. Appreciate the podcast. We appreciate you. Yeah. If you get some opium, you're going to get some abduction in there. That's just, you know, it's just how it is. Thank you, Long Knives. That's very informative. I got one here from Ryan Friday. Not the D-bag, Ryan. What? Sure that, yeah. Apparently, there's a, there's a D-bag? 
Yeah. After listening to another Ryan try to school you on the man ape, man bear, man pig BS of Yeti versus Sasquatch, I am hoping future emails can be attributed to Ryan Friday, not my real name, in order to protect the innocent. <laughs> Ryan Friday. Oh, yeah. Uh, also Why wanted not? to warn Stecco to stay away from Pittsburgh, for my wife and older daughter might murder me if I enter the fair, their fair city. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, the reason for this is your hilarious iced tea impersonation, which I have started copying and crediting to me. Good, because otherwise you owe me a ton of money. <laughs> as many as many as 17 cents. <laughs> uh, the problem is that we have a five-year-old who has started copying me, copying, yeah. copying him, copying me. Quote, so wait, you're telling me if I don't eat these peas, I can't have ice cream? Man, Man, you can keep your dinner. <laughs> was the last straw. Too much iced tea in the house has caused some rage that may be directed your way. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yins are gonna get it, Dave. Yeah, you know, sometimes the five-year-old just had all they can take. Man, uh, nice. fair warning. Keep up the great work, Ryan Friday. No Thank you, Ryan. Bag, Ryan. This one comes to us from Sean. Hi, Sean. I was wondering if. Folks donating via PayPal get access in some way to the Patreon content. Uh, not in the financial position at the moment to give monthly donations, but I hate missing out on content Dig want it. to support the podcast. Will there ever be some kind of bundle you can donate to access, like a collection of those extra sodes or the sound effects? Uh, that's a very good question, Sean. Um, Dave and I have actually thought about that because we've put a lot of work into the extra sodes, and yeah. we... You know, we don't want it just sitting around with with people wanting to hear it, too. Yeah, we're trying to figure out how to do that because I I want to make sure that people who are are donating via the donate button, if you slap the donate button, I want to slap back. But we're we're trying to figure out how how best to do that because... Uh, it is still just the two of us. Where some of these things are, are great ideas, and then we're like, yeah, and then if, if that was our full time job, sure. But yeah. as it sits, uh, you know, so we're trying to figure that out. And yeah, and I think that the the extra sods, we're trying to figure out a way to make those more widely available as well. Um, Maybe we can start a list of what we've covered in extra sods. Slap that list on the website, and then if you if you want to donate and say, hey, I'll give you five bucks for. Uh, extra sode about Egyptian mythology. Then we can say, okay, here's the link, you know, or something yeah. like that. Like, or, or bundle them together. You know, yeah, like, like 20 bucks get, for a few. Yeah, for, like for, every, for, yeah, every six months we take that half year's extra sodes, bundle them all together, you know, something like that. So yeah, we're, we're kind of figuring out how, how best to, to make that work. So, yeah, but that's, that's a very good question. And um, I'm just so glad that anyone wants to support us. So, sure, thank absolutely. You. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here with Jam and TK. Watch out. It's right. Jam and TK writes, hey, Dave and David. Hey, Jam and TK. Uh, new-ish listener here. Started listening last fall, but I started right from the beginning. Whoa, look who's organized. Yikes. Right now, I'm at uh, I'm about episode 126, which is the possession and exorcism episode, and loving cool. the way you tackle the subject matter you do. Keep up the great work. On to the pun. When the video game market crashed in the 80s, only one company dared attempt to resurrect it, but they needed the power of the old ones to do it. Nintendo turned to the works of H.P. Lovecraft for inspiration when they created their Fancronomicon. (laughs) That's awesome. That is a a Famicom. Yeah. Uh, TK from Colorado. What? P. 
P.S. My girlfriend is from Colorado Springs. Boosh. Just like Stecco. That's me. Uh, and freaked out when he mentioned his coming uh, from the mountains in one episode. Uh, ah, 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 <laughs> another mountain man. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, my girlfriend had a bad run-in with a mountain man. <laughs> uh, you'll be happy to know that the, she instantly recognized the name of the Will Rogers Shrine when you dropped the name. Uh, went to school in the Springs for a year and can't say that I've ever heard the bell from the shrine ringing. But then again, I was at UCCS on the other side of the city from Cheyenne Mountain. It may have, it honestly could have stopped doing that 20 years ago. And I just really remember it from growing up, but I remember it growing up. Yeah. Uh, PPS on the subject of spooky stories and possessions. My, just for the record, everybody, the letter was two very short paragraphs. The PS is, is like the next two pages. <laughs> just, 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 just tuck in the subject of spooky stories and possessions. My girlfriend believes she was beset by a demon or devil in her youth. I didn't know her then, so I can't really corroborate her story, but she does tell a terrifying story uh, of, of like everyone else in Colorado Springs growing up in the church uh, and then having an awful nightmare uh, where there was just a very uh, pure, dark, intangible evil in the room uh, and she couldn't breathe. Uh, she thinks it was like, like a horrible nightmare about it. And it didn't have any specific shape, but just just evil, like the fruits of the devil. Uh, and it was at that moment that she thought, hey, uh, maybe this is the time for prayers. And she could tell that it did not like that. Uh, and so she could, the, and the more she did, the better she felt, the less oppressive everything felt. Uh, the weight of it was, was easing off. Blah. Uh, and then, boom, uh, it, 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 it disappeared. Uh, the darkness did, and the, the the terror, and and to this day, a regular churchgoer. Wow, yeah, power of Christ compelled her. Indeed, indeed. That's uh, thanks, Jam and TK. Dave, I've got a few uh, shout outs real quick. Shout them out, but don't don't twist because you'll hurt your lower back. Okay, just shout. I'd like to give a hi and thank you to Danny. Hi, Danny. Nunya. Woo. Graham from Straya. Oh yeah. Click them. Minutes. Marty. How I feel like I I might have shout out to these these folks before, but if if not, you get double shout outs. Oh yeah, double if shout so, outs. If so, you get double shout outs. Uh, Maz, uh, who is a self proclaimed sexy Wiccan from Straya. Sweet Rob, Sergeant Squatch, who uh, wants us to know he lives near Bobby Mackey's. Oh, the 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 honky tonk, the haunted honky tonk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Anthony, Neil Bog, and Rob F. Nilbog. Well, wait, that's Goblin Backwards. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm backwards Goblin. So thanks thanks for your suggestions and writing in and your, your hey, hi, how are yous. Hell uh, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate it if everybody could go over to iTunes and, and rate us. Give us a five-star review. Uh, write, write in a little something special. Even if you don't want to write uh, something much, you could just say, boosh. And that's it. I mean, yeah. it doesn't have to be anything super long. If you do, we always appreciate it. We love yeah. reading those reviews. It makes our day, uh, and it really makes us relevant. The man, the the psychiatry podcasts are coming in force on on the iTunes social sciences page. Dave, they've been pushing us out of the top <laughs> top twenty. Well, that's the thing. What those people need to understand is that we are the best. Uh, uh, mental conditioning they can get they don't yeah. we don't need social sciences they don't need counseling or mental health talk they just need us that's right so please uh, go and rate us give us five stars and help us climb back up above 
the social uh, uh, science podcasts that are out there. <laughs> uh, also, go to Facebook. Help us uh, on our way to the 14th Hildo. We're, we're very close now. Go over to Twitter. Follow us, blurry underscore photos. Get yourself a free audio book from audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. If you sign up to that, you get a free uh, credit on there, which means you can pick pretty much any book they have. Highly recommend trying it out. It, it's There's nothing more fun than just being able to do something with your hands and read a book at the same time. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I love doing oh, things oh, with my yeah, hands yeah. and okay. learning. Let's <laughs> just... It's just all just... Dave has mentioned these before, and I think I might uh, get one of these soon. One of the Mary Roach uh, series of books. They're uh, glorious. Uh, I'm going to start with, what is it, Spook? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Spook. Um, it's about uh, uh, the afterlife and research into that. Uh, also, we've mentioned Jared Diamond a couple of times. He's got some very, uh, a little dry, but very informative and, and, and cool information about history books. Um, yeah. Collapse is one. Guns, Germs, and Steel is another. We recommend those. So try that out. As always, we've got our store. And guys, get a koozie. For the love of Pete, get yeah. yourself a koozie. They're awesome. Yeah. I, I'm Get by a damn koozie. <laughs> you you fuckers. You fucking fucks. You shit-snizzling little sniffers. All right. All right. Kids show, Dave. Kids, kids show. Kids show. Kids, <laughs> buy a fucking koozie. <laughs> we, That's what I meant. we sure do have fun with colors and stories. Buy a fucking koozie, you shits. Wow. <laughs> Kids um, show. Um, go over to patreon.com slash blurry photos and uh, uh, sign up to get some really cool uh, digital swag from us. Do it. We, we just got out our, our Egyptian mythology extra sewed. It was like a, a regular episode, Dave. It was just a, a, a sizable chunk of, of information. It was inordinately huge. We, we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up with that. We've got a live stream every month that we do. If, you, if you're if you at the $20 level, you get to hang out and, and do a live stream with us. So uh, check it out. It's a lot of fun. As always, thank you to the Chicago Podcast Co-op for keeping us in business. Yep. Uh, just like you guys do. ton of great podcasts on there, including Blastro Podcast, uh, yes. Which is run by our good friend, Dark Mark Soloff. And guess what, Dave? What? He's going to have Ken Hyde on soon. That two-timing son of a bitch. Which one? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so check out uh, Blastro Podcast. It's a it's a comedic science podcast hosted by Dettoria Belordo. Yep. Man of science. Uh, it's a lot of fun. With some occasional uh, help from his idiot roommate, Mark. That's right. Also, thanks to Dark Myths Collective. Uh, you can find more podcasts at darkmyths.org. Lots of cool stuff. Uh, very cool people on there. You can find uh, Cam and Kyle on there from Expanded Perspectives. They're new. Uh, Rumor Flies with Ryan and Josh and Greg. And uh, Eastern Border, Chris Stops is, is on there. Um, uh, lots of cool stuff. So check those yeah. guys out, too. And uh, I think that's all we got, Dave, for, for this episode of Blurry Photos. How, what do you yeah. think? I think we've covered all the bases. We've done all the things. So it's time to let these people get on with their lives as best they can with what we've done to them. <laughs> all right. I have been David Snackster Baxter Flora. And I have been the Daver Demon Stecco. <laughs> ah, <almost. laughs> 
Yeah, you would be a f***ing Deva, wouldn't you? Hey, don't you make fun of my name. That was given to me oh, by look God. At me. Oh, look at me. I'm Deva. Oh, I'm like hey, a little hey, demon. Because hey. I think I'm a demon in a sack. You what, know? you making fun of me? Oh, no, no, listen, they, they why you got to take this to a sexual place? Car, it's, when I, you're when sick I make in the head. You're sick in the head. you got to take this to a sexual place for no reason. My mother gave me that name. You know what? My mother gave me that name. all that You know what? Your mother... I can't Whoa, say anything careful. bad about you. Yeah, yeah. All right, Whoa. I can't say anything yeah. bad. She's you fed me before. You stopped the car right there. She's, she's fed me before. She I, has fed you, you fat All right, all right. Say all right, you say hi to your mother for me. All right, I like Doritos. Bye. Bye.